1: Beginning Saturday. So this show is a lot about nurses and all about healthcare practitioners. Um, But let's start by thanking nurses, especially given the last three years, Um, but really for their work always, because nursing is a tough job, hopefully rewarding, but very, very tough. So all right, so for segment three, I'm going to be interviewing my colleague Kara Courtois and also Megan Courtois, who's her niece about pathways to physical and occupational therapy. and there'll be a little little tips about athletic training in there too. Kara will be addressing the admissions angle and Megan will be giving you her first person account. And as promised, segments one and two are all about nursing. For those of you who are watching this on the video, um, you will see my uh, my finance colleague, Jan Combs, who's going to be addressing scholarships and loan forgiveness for nurses in our first segment. And then she'll be joining me again for our second segment, when we will also be joined by my admission colleague, Alexandra Rendon, to address pathways to nurses and what to know if you are considering applying to be a nurse. So welcome, Jan.
2: Thanks for having me, Sally, for a double segment today. Appreciate it. (laughs) Oh,
1: absolutely. I was telling Jan that it was such a treat for us and she poo-pooed that, but it really, it actually is. So um, um, Jan, actually, I'm just going to, I am going to sing your praises, Jan, because not only do you know about finance, but you know a lot about workforce training and you've been really helpful on that front in our job. And we're really interested in helping students who You know, I mean, I'm all about the the classic four year college education. I went to a small liberal arts and sciences college and I loved it. But I also want to meet people where they are when they want to be nurses, if they want to be electricians, whatever it might be. So your background has been super useful in that.
2: Great. Thank you. (laughs) Happy to be here.
1: All right. So let's get back to um, nurses, um, first of all. And we're focusing on the finances, as I mentioned in the first segment. So are there scholarships for nursing students um, that will help them with college? Yep,
2: absolutely. So if you're considering college and you're considering going into nursing or really anything, um, there are lots of different scholarships that are out there. So for nursing specifically, just like other majors, the majority of colleges themselves have merit scholarships available. Um, And then you might also, that's that's from the general admissions pool of money that they use to recruit students. And then you may also find that, say, in the College of Nursing at a particular college, that they may have some major-based merit scholarship money as well. So if you're planning for college now, I do encourage students as they build their list to visit Every single college website um, of the colleges that you're planning on applying to and check out their merit scholarship pages. Make sure you understand if they offer merit and if they do, what the criteria is. Is it just GPA or do you need to submit your test scores or is it for some other reason? Community service is big with nursing scholarships, perhaps. Um, check the websites, do your research, do it early because there may be deadlines associated with having the ability to be considered for scholarships so a lot Mm -hmm. of colleges might say hey you need to apply by november 1st for example so do your research yes so merit scholarships from the colleges sally certainly can be very lucrative for certainly all majors and certainly for nurses as well and then as i know you know there are also private donors out Mm -hmm. there as well. That can be very helpful for nurses. And certainly, of course, they're looking to support all different kinds of students, but nursing is certainly a popular area that they're looking to support. And I have some great resources that can get families started. Certainly, um, it used to be called Discover Nursing, but it's been renamed, and now it's nursing jnj.com and that's because it's Johnson & Johnson. It's their website. It's mm-hmm. a terrific resource for nursing in general from a career perspective but they also have a lot of scholarship information on that website as well. So I do recommend the j and site for that. You can also use a regular search engine like a for example. A student can build a profile for themselves indicate nursing major Nursing career, and anything else that's pertinent to the student. And,
1: and going merry, I just want to check, is M E R R Y, correct? Yes, like Not Merry M-A-Y. Christmas. Okay. Yep, like
2: Merry Christmas. <laughs> I know my New England accent is terrible, so yes, going merry, like Merry Christmas, thank you.com. And the student can create a profile, indicate their major, career aspirations, and anything else that's important to them, and then get a list of scholarships. They have to go through carefully to see really which ones are uh, quite applicable to them, and then follow the instructions, you know, of the donor, for example. Another great place to look and um, my oldest child, by the way, is a nurse now. And so I kind of went through this whole nursing process with him. And he checked out a lot of the local hospitals or um, like health centers, in the area and many of them had scholarships for nurses or health sciences kids kind of in general. So don't forget about your local community based businesses or organizations related to healthcare. That's another great place for nurses to look. And then nursing associations. You'll find there are a lot of student nursing associations, or um, we looked into the American Association for Men in Nursing as well. That was applicable to my student. And there's other nursing associations as well. And they're great to join for a lot of reasons, right? Um, Just to learn about the, you know, have support as, as a career. But they also all tend to have scholarship opportunities as well. So think about nursing associations, maybe in your area or locality, that could be another great source for
1: private scholarships as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Wonderful. So what about after they finish their program? You know, are there types of forgiveness opportunities, like basically so they could get their loans forgiven?
2: There actually are a lot, Sally, um, and so I think we have some, like, some time here to go through some of them because oh, yeah, it's a good absolutely. amount, yeah. and um, so certainly it's great to get scholarships to help you pay for college, and then as paying for college, many families do need to borrow loans, and students certainly do borrow their own loans as part of that paying for college piece of it, so afterwards, there are many different types of ways of getting your loans forgiven. Mm-hmm. And not just for nurses, but, you know, some are specific to nursing, some are for all different types uh, of occupations, but we can really hone in on ones for nurses today. Um, The first one I'll mention, though, really is not just nurses, but I have seen many nurses and healthcare professionals in general really be able to take advantage of the federal government's public service loan forgiveness program. And you'll hear this referred to as PSLF, um, and that's what it stands for. So again, it's not just for nurses, but many do end up qualifying. And the reason is, essentially, PSLF um, allows one to have the remaining balance on their federal loans canceled after they make 120 on-time payments, okay? But they have to be full-time, they have to be working for a qualifying employer, they have to make their payments on time and the right type of payment. So it's a long haul, and there's a lot of things to be aware of. However, um, the reason why I've seen many nurses qualify is that they tend to work for the right type of employer. I mean, not all, but many do. And that would be a government entity, really, at any level, whether it's federal, state, or local, or they're working for um, an organization, a not-for-profit organization that kind of falls under that 401c3 taxation. Um, So if someone's working for the right type of employer... So again, nonprofit as described. Um, they're working full-time, which is 30 hours or more per week. Um, they have the right type of loans, which would be mm-hmm. federal loan programs, and then they've paid on time for 120 payments. They can apply for um, forgiveness through this PSLF program. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of details. I can't go into all of it here. We don't have enough time. But if you're if you're working now out in the field, and you think you might qualify based on the little I've been able to tell you today, go to studentaid.gov slash PSLF, and they tell you all of the eligibility requirements as a little tool on there to see whether or not you're eligible or not. So obviously this is way in the future if you're just thinking about nursing now, but just know that if you borrow loans down the road, there are many different forgiveness opportunities, one of which being PSLF, there are also programs available for those that are interested in serving in the military. So if you're a nurse and you're looking to also enroll in the military and you're willing to serve for a minimum of three years, um, the Army also has a number of programs and it's called the Army Active Duty Health Professions Loan Repayment Program. That's a long name. But essentially, it allows a nurse who wants to also serve their country via the military to get some loan forgiveness. And so you can just look at healthcare goarmy.com and that um, will define all of the parameters for the student loan forgiveness through the military for nurses specifically and they can make up to not make up to excuse me have canceled up to $40,000 per year for three years. Wow per, per year perfect. not yeah. not even
1: total. So Yeah that's so, significant.
2: so again lots of rules and things so refer to the website but that's great for nurses who also want to serve say say in the army so that's mm-hmm. that's nice for sure. Um, and then if I have time, can I mention a few more, Sally? Yeah, just a, yeah, just a few more. We got two more yeah. minutes. How about that? Okay. So there's also a nurse corpse loan repayment program, which is for practicing nurses after they graduate. And it's a program whereby they can have a significant amount of their loans canceled based on serving in um, an area designated as high need, for example. So certainly check out the BHW that is um, a government entity. It falls under the um, health professions um, shortage area initiatives. And so that's another great way if you're willing to
1: serve um, in an area of need to have- So homes. that might be like, I'm guessing a rural area. It that could is very much be rural. Yeah. It's
2: basically underserved. So many mm. are in rural, but it's not limited to that. It's really just that they're designated as an area of need, an underserved, mm-hmm. underprivileged area.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: then also, there are probably a couple dozens states that have state-sponsored forgiveness programs for nurses. So I would definitely encourage people to check with your either your state Department of Health or your Department of Education Because, like I said, there's dozens of states that do have their own state-based programs. Most of them do require a service requirement in order to get part of your loans forgiven or paid for you. Um, So that is definitely can be very lucrative. Some of them pay significant amount towards loans. And then, of course, we know nurses are in high need, right? There's a lot of companies that are trying to hire and retain nurses. So this doesn't, this isn't so much forgiveness, but it's a way of getting your loans paid. many employers as part of employee benefits are actually paying for nurses. They're paying say $200 a month towards their loan um, with the goal of helping nurses pay their loans back quicker. So if you're in a nursing program now and then you're interviewing great question for your employer, right? Do you have loan repayment benefits that I can take advantage of? So that's another Mm -hmm. way of getting rid of those loans for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe a way to negotiate if they don't have that, Mm -hmm. then say, well, how about a higher salary then? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Like negotiate, negotiate, (laughs) negotiate. Listen, it took me a few jobs before I realized I could negotiate (laughs) for a higher salary and, and, and I'm not even a nurse, you know, I'm in, I'm in reasonable demand, but I'm not in that type of demand. So negotiate, get that higher income. Yep,
2: absolutely. So lots of ways of both
1: paying for nursing
2: school as well as getting, you know, things forgiven later on if you did have to borrow. So lots of great options.
1: Mm -hmm. And just because I don't want to mislead people, so... Um, I thought high demand was mostly rural, but you said underserved, under, you know, maybe impoverished, so probably lower income yeah, it, it, exactly. in cities as well. Exactly.
2: Okay. So it could be urban, it could be rural. Um, each of these programs that has forgiveness opportunities, they're going to have a list of areas that qualify for the forgiveness. And someone can really just click on that link and look at whether it's hospitals, healthcare centers, um, in particular areas, and then they can decide, okay, do I want to work there or not?
1: Mm-hmm. absolutely okay yep. all right wonderful yeah. all right jan well listen thank you so much uh, we're going to take a break now but when we return jan will still be here and uh i'll be willing welcoming my colleague alex rendon great thanks
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. College admissions can be stressful, but Bright Horizons College Coach is here to help. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com now back to the show
1: okay we're back here with Jan and also Alex Rendon
4: welcome Alex thank you thank you very much I'm happy to be here Sally
1: all right so we are continuing our conversation about nurses and becoming a nurse Um, this time less focused on the financial side so let's start with how does someone how does a student become a nurse You know, and then, yeah, let's start there. How does a student become a nurse?
4: Okay, absolutely. I'm happy to take this one. Um, There are actually quite a few different pathways to becoming a nurse, as well as lots of different types of nurses that are out there. Um, So one pathway a student might consider is getting a certification um, that would be like your LVN certification, and that's kind of the the lower level of nursing. Um, Going up from there, they might consider getting an associate's at maybe their community college or other select four-year universities as well. I'd say the most common pathway is the bachelors of science in nursing, though, and that is usually what I encourage students ultimately to pursue is, and kind of, the reason behind that is hospitals are looking to hire um, BSNs. They want you to have your bachelor's degree. It's actually a requirement for their accreditation that 80% of their nursing staff have that bachelor's degree. Um, And... With BSN, that's a couple different pathways as well, and we can get into that a little bit more today, but there are direct entry programs at some colleges. Other colleges, you may start pre-nursing and then enter the program later. Um, And then finally, for students who maybe go through, get their bachelor's degree. If you're listening maybe as a a transfer student and just deciding nursing is for you, um, know that there are still pathways Um, In fact, my college roommate, she got her bachelor's in psychology and then decided she really wanted to be a nurse. So she went on to do an accelerated degree in nursing, got that nursing credential quickly, then became an MSN and went on even further and is now a nurse practitioner. So even Mm -hmm. more schooling. Um, So as I said, lots of different pathways and all really great ones.
1: Mm -hmm. A student of mine at Whittier initially was pre-med and uh, and very strong student, like absolutely would have been competitive for medical school, um, you know, but she realized the amount of schooling she would need. And she just thought, I don't want. Like, I want to work in the field, I want to take care of people, but there are other pathways. So she became a nurse practitioner, and um, and I think that's worked beautifully for her in terms of balance with family life, her husband, her children, and but also doing work that she really loves and is, like, you know, I think reasonably well compensated for, too, which is nice as well and important. Yeah. Yeah. So where, what kinds of, I mean, I think everybody knows that nurses work in hospitals, right? And that they work in doctor's offices. But what are some other options? Like what's kind of a breadth of places where nurses might work?
4: Yeah. So the obvious ones are definitely at hospitals, your doctor's office. When you go in, you're probably greeted by a nurse there before you see the doctor. But other places (laughs) nurses may work are like home healthcare, Um, they may work at skilled nursing facilities or even with outpatient care centers. Um, There's also a lot of great options if you have the travel bug and want to see the world a little bit. Travel nurses are always in demand. And additionally, um, the military, maybe not the first one that comes to mind, but military also needs nurses. I mm-hmm. sure do. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. Jan actually brought that up, and that's a good way to get a lot of it paid for. And then I want to like put in a little thing with travel nurses too. A friend of mine's sister is a travel nurse, and she's like she's up in Maine right now, and she loves it. She's been able to go she's going, I think to Florida next. I mean, it's like yeah. they're not just sending you to like kind of out of the way places. They're sending you to some very beautiful places, you know, so.
2: Sure. And I'll just add that I have a friend who is a nurse who works for a pharmaceutical company. They wanted to draw on her nursing experience to do research and develop products. And then private companies that are doing research will also hire nurses to roll that research out because they need that medical training. Mm -hmm. So, so so many options, so many options. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think you can even at this point work remotely. I recently had a medical procedure and I got calls from nurses who worked for my insurance company, just to sure. see how things were going. So yeah. lot options, lot a lot of, of options, a lot of options. Yeah. Yeah. So let's think though, I mean, I think a lot of students, you know, the word is out. I think that nursing is in demand. It's a good profession. Um, but I will say that I, I have students who say, Oh, I want to be a nurse. And it, it, it's, I sometimes think like, well, have you thought carefully about this? Because you just told me you don't like science and you don't like math. (laughs) (laughs) So I I appreciate that you want to work with people, which is wonderful, but there are other pathways for that, you know? So, but maybe Alex, maybe you could kind of go into it a little more specifically. Like what, like, yeah, what, you know, what (laughs) questions should students be asking themselves?
4: I I love that point. That made me think of um, so many of the nursing students I've worked with in the past or um, those who say they're interested in nursing say, oh, I really want to be a nurse because I want to help people. Mm -hmm. And my response is, what do you think I'm doing here? (laughs) So. You know, you can do so many different things to help people, but I, that is, of course, a key part of nursing is you want to have that human interaction. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very physical. Um, so I'd say question number one is how do you feel about physical work, um, stress, and long hours? Mm-hmm. You know, starting off, you're probably going to have at least those 12-hour shifts yep. and is that something you're up for? Is it okay that those might be overnight too? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, eventually you can get that job as the NP working, you know, nine to five or um, working remotely, but that's not going to be your first job. You're going <laughs> to have to work in there. Um, I would say on top of that, you know, being able to deal with people on the best day of their life, but also the worst day of their life Mm -hmm. and potentially back to back. And are you going to be able to handle that emotionally? I know that can be really, really heavy and um, hard not to take home. So I think is really something to consider. Um, The obvious one, which is never that obvious to students is you know, are you okay with gross things? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it you know, sounds silly, but a lot of the work you do, not so pleasant. You know? right. It's not fun-
1: silly. Let's just say bodily functions, right?
4: Right, exactly. <laughs> bodily functions. If yeah. you're like me and go to the doctor's office and can't watch when they give you the shot and, you know, do a blood draw, probably not for you. I would make a terrible nurse if I have to look away or squint. (laughs) You don't want to do that. So thinking of those things, and then of course, yes, the math and science. You need that math and science to be successful in school and then on to be successful as a nurse. So I think that is something you have to think really deeply about and know that if you want to work in healthcare, There are so many professions besides being a doctor or being a nurse that you can still be within that field too.
1: Yeah. I worked with a student who had been given some very, very bad advice as a high school student that she didn't have to keep taking math after her sophomore year. I was, I was really angry on her behalf. Like who told her that? And her goal was to be a nurse and she just was not scoring how she needed to score on the math section of the placement test and so I said what about dental hygiene I don't think they have similar bars and she thought that was a great idea and you look up the pain the average income and it's yeah, it's below it's nursing insane. but it's not that much below <clears throat> right so right. do keep those in mind there are other possible professions for sure um all right so we talked we talked about the need for math and science what are some specific classes that students should be taking in high school
4: Yeah. So I'd say in high school, definitely if it's offered anatomy and physiology, that's going to give you the best idea of the type of work you'd be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Along with that, a couple other science courses, biological sciences, chemistry, um, that's going to be uh, really foundational. I hear that a lot with nursing students and getting through the nursing program, is chemistry is usually the hardest um, Yes. for a lot of them. Yep. Is that, your, your
2: that was, was what all of my sons. uh, classmates
1: said was am
2: I going to make it through this chemistry class and of course they did because they Mm -hmm. all became nurses but yeah chem was the hardest Mm
1: -hmm. I will say that some of the more selecting nurses nursing schools also do want to see physics like I don't think this Mm -hmm. is common but like University of Pennsylvania which is of course an ivy super selective like they wanted to see physics I saw it on their web page
2: Yeah, and my son did take physics as well as all the ones that Mm -hmm. Alex mentioned. And then two courses I'll mention that I think helped him a lot was also um, AP Statistics he took Mm -hmm. and then AP Psychology. um, And that helped him while he was in his nursing program. It gave him some good foundation. So um, those are just helpful to add to your, your mix if you
1: can. Yeah. And what about the math? We've talked about math, but how far should they go? I would think at least pre-calculus, but is calculus useful or am I inflating that, Alex?
4: Yeah, I would say if we can make it to at least pre-calculus, that's going to be really foundational. I think a lot of competitive programs out there, you know, if we're talking those direct BSN programs, Mm -hmm. if you have calculus, even better. Um, The AP stats, great, great. Um, but ideally, you know, the four years of math is going to be mm. really important. Mm. You know? I, I feel so bad for that student you mentioned. So two years yeah. and then that's, uh, it's just tough. It's no, bad. I'm
1: still, her counselor told her that. And I just think that counselor should be fired. Like I just, <laughs> and anyway, let's not get derailed, but I'm still mad when I think about it, this poor girl. But anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, we so we've talked about academics and obviously good grades are very important. I, I think that goes without saying, but I'll just say it. But what about extracurricular activities? I think people don't always realize that this can play a role too.
3: Yeah,
4: absolutely. Jan, I'd love to hear some of the things that maybe your son did.
2: Um, Sure. Um, Absolutely. I do think extracurriculars are important. I think if someone is evaluating a student for, you know, direct entry nursing, they're going to want to see that they had some experience in healthcare. And that can be one of the extracurriculars. So my son volunteered at both a hospital Two summers in a row. He also volunteered at a local nursing home. And so that did show that he had exposure certainly to um, the health sciences field. It also helped him determine kind of the area that he wanted to go. having both experiences he said oh i definitely want to work in a hospital he really wanted that um, ability to interface with lots of different types of patients versus being in a nursing home you're going to be with just one he enjoys all but he wanted to be to be able to experience all so that certainly helped him figure out what he wanted to do but it also helped show the admissions committee that he has some hands-on experience he spent two summers in both a hospital and nursing home so that helped a lot he also for four years of high school, he was called, um, I think they call him a base buddy. Um, essentially, it's through the Little Wiffles program. So he worked with um, physically challenged children to play wiffle ball. So Little Wiffles. And so he was a base buddy. So it showed that he had an interest in helping that population. He had some great experience. It's great community, community service. So he also did that. Um, he also worked part time um, to you know, pay for his car and all that good stuff. Um, He also was in the National Honor Society, the Science Honor Society, the History Honor Society. So we did a lot of community service through the requirements to be in those honor societies. So we did a lot of that as well. Um, He participated in... um, Dean's Council, things like that. That's a leadership group. Um, so he did a lot of, I guess, variety. And was also um, a football player and captain of his football team, which I also think showed kind of leadership and the, bil- the ability to balance sports and grades and all of that. So we had a pretty well-rounded
4: list of ACs. Um, Yeah. Does that sound about right, Alex? I would say definitely well-rounded, probably above and beyond. It sounds like you all were very, very busy, but (laughs) those are exactly some of the things that I would suggest for students. I love that he did the volunteering. I think if you can volunteer at a hospital setting or an assisted living facility or hospice, those are great places to get that experience and also figure out, yeah, is this really for me? Um, Within your high school, I think there are some great opportunities for clubs and organizations. If your high school has a HOSA chapter for um, future uh, medical leaders, definitely recommend joining that. If they don't have one, maybe grab a teacher and see if we can start one at your school. Really great organization. Um, And then some other things I might suggest, too, is um, looking into learning basic life support and first aid skills, Mm -hmm. so some practical skills, and you can do that through organizations like the Red Cross or um, the American Health Association. A lot of community events will often um, host these opportunities as well, so looking into some of those more practical hands-on experiences, Um, And then I'd say finally, just thinking about, you know, also how we use our our summer. Maybe there's um, a college summer program for nursing or pre-nursing that the student might be interested in. Um, So thinking about that or even um, just doing an informational interview or some job shadowing with a nurse. and. Those can be maybe your pediatric nurse, um, but also I think the the one that gets forgotten here is you have a nurse at your high school. Go yeah, to yeah. Lunch and interview them. So know that you have a lot of great resources that are just right there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely
4: great suggestions. Absolutely. All right, so we just have like a
1: kind of a minute left. I'm um I don't want to give too much uh, take too much time away from the last segment, but. Are there some quick tips for how to evaluate different nursing programs to find the right one for the student?
4: Yeah, definitely. I would say um, first thing we might want to look at is what is the pass rate of the NCLEX exam? And so that's the the exam you essentially need to pass to become a nurse. So what is a good pass rate? If you see 90% or above that's a strong pass rate. That's yep. probably a good program. Yep. Um, then I would say thinking about your pathway. How long is this pathway going to take you to complete? Um, is it, you know, are we looking at the associates program or the bachelor's of science in nursing? What's average time to degree there? Um, Then thinking about total costs, so probably having a call with my friends on the finance (laughs) team and maybe chatting with you in the future, Um, but, you know, thinking about what is this going to cost me over time. And then what are the requirements to stay in the program? Because yeah. every nursing program out there is going to have specific requirements. Yeah. So not just for entrance, but to maintain yeah. um, being in the program. So knowing that ahead of time, yeah. um, also knowing what the clinical expectations are. So your in-person experience in the hospital, um, You know how many hours are you spending there? Um, and then finally thinking about location and and does that matter to um some states you not just need to pass the NCLEX but you have to meet individual state requirements yeah. so if you know you want to live in a particular location it's good to check out those resources and look those up to make sure that you're checking all of those boxes mm-hmm. yep yeah.
2: Absolutely. And also just the availability of hospitals and clinical sites, because at some schools, they're right on campus, and it makes it really easy to get to your clinical as part of your day. Um, and then there might also be a children's hospital right down the street, which might be of interest, whereby some programs might only have, you know, one hospital or it's or it's far away. So kind of kind of knowing where the clinical opportunities are as well, I think is helpful. That's something mm-hmm. that we looked at for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, great. Well, listen, thanks so much to both of you. I really appreciate your time here. And your Go expertise. nurses! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go nurses! All right, so um, we're going to take a quick break, but when we return, I'll be talking with Kara and Megan Courtois about physical, occupational therapy, and athletic training. <laughs>
0: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. College admissions can be stressful, but Bright Horizons College Coach is here to help. Our college experts, who worked in admissions and financial aid at some of the nation's most selective institutions, offer ethical, customized assistance based on each student's individual strengths and interests. Students receive one-on-one guidance throughout the process, and our 100% success rate means all of our students have been accepted to college. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. When it's time to go through the college admissions process, look to Bright Horizons College Coach for ethical guidance and customized support. Our educators will get to know your students' ambitions and talents, help highlight hard-won achievements, and create a plan for getting into a top-choice school. That plan includes helping your student choose classes and extracurriculars, create a college list, brainstorm and edit essays, and navigate college financing options. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Behind Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, everyone, and welcome, Kara and Megan. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me. me. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for having us. So, I just want to reiterate again. So, Kara Courtois is a colleague of mine, but Megan is her niece. And this is the first <laughs> time she's on the show. Um, and she's here to talk about her pathway to physical therapy. Is that correct? Or did you go through occupational or Megan, why don't you introduce yes. yourself a little physical bit? Physical
5: therapy. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah, my name's Megan. Um, I'm Megan. I am a pediatric physical therapist. Um, I work for Nemours Children's Health um, over in New Jersey, Um, and I've been here for about four years or so. I graduated from physical therapy school in 2019. Um, Yeah, and any questions you have, I'm happy to go through kind of my schooling and what kind of brought me to the career path that I'm on.
1: That's exactly what I would love to know. Like what made you decide that physical therapy would be a good path for you? I'm also interested in, were you prepared for the coursework? Did it feel like it was, a? I mean, obviously it was a good match because you went through it, but physical Mm -hmm. therapy is one of those programs where a lot of students say they want to do it, but they don't Mm -hmm. necessarily, like they're athletes but they don't like science. So I'm like, I don't know that physical therapy is going to work for you. You know, you got part of the equation, but not the most important part. So if you could kind of address your journey towards it.
5: Absolutely. So I was a dancer all my life growing up and I had kind of dabbled in high school with going the pre-professional route and just didn't feel that it was for me. And I didn't think it was going to be fulfilling or something I would be truly successful in down the line. So, my aunt Kara actually won Thanksgiving. It was probably like my sophomore or For junior this. year of high school. She, like, we were doing the dishes. As, that's our role on Thanksgiving after dinner. <laughs> and um, she did mention, she's like, why don't you think about physical therapy? Because she and my dad, which is her brother, both have unfortunately had several running injuries and <laughs> they had some experience with physical therapy. And mm-hmm. I fortu- fortunately did not, um, as a dancer, I had never been injured, never really encountered. A physical therapist or had to work with one. Um, but I was a good student, always interested in the medical field, but never had the true passion to go down the um, MD route. So she brought up physical therapy and then I started shadowing in it. I started um, just looking into different programs and then With her help, I found a cooperative program that would allow me to still dance at the level that I wanted to dance, but also take the coursework that I needed to um, for physical therapy school. So I ultimately ended up going to Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania. They had a cooperative program, so I did three years undergrad and three years um, graduate at Thomas Jefferson University. So I was able to cut down on one year of undergraduate, um, which was great, both financially and (laughs) timing wise, it um, definitely was helpful. And then, yeah, I graduated with my doctorate from Thomas Jefferson University in 2019. And I felt very well prepared um, for physical therapy school. I, I always loved science. So I knew I wanted to go that route. And I wasn't in the field where I was kind of dabbling with athletic training versus physical therapy, I always kind of had a one shot um, mindset with, with this career path. So, luckily, I didn't, there was not much kind of veering for me. So, I knew the coursework I needed to take. Um, the program I was in afforded me the ability to kind of be a little creative with the courses I took. So, I could take the science classes that were more applicable to physical therapy school as opposed to organic chemistry and some of the, the more research-based classes that weren't going to apply to me. I was able to take the more kinesiology and anatomy um, and physiology-focused classes, um, which I think really prepared me for physical therapy school. Mm-hmm. I did have some classmates that you know, uh, doubt, were torn between athletic training versus personal training versus physical therapy school where I saw they they did have, um, they felt a little less prepared because they didn't go down the pre-medical route with some of their mm. classmates and undergraduate. Um, but I was with a majority of pre-med students for the first two years of my undergraduate career, which I think really helped prepare me for the rigorous coursework that physical therapy school puts you through.
1: Yeah. So so one of the benefits is obviously being ready for the advanced coursework, but I, I I wanted to kind of highlight again. So you were able to skip a year or basically graduate a year earlier because you knew from the mm-hmm. beginning, did you go that you wanted physical therapy? Did you go directly into a physical therapy program or like, was there kind of an early admission yes. to the program? Yeah.
5: So you were one of so, two students, right, actually Megan? this. Uh yes, <laughs> at my
1: school. Okay, only two. That's and really it was
5: early admissions process. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually got admitted my senior year of high school. So I knew where and when I would be starting physical. Um, if I chose to go to a different school, like it would have required application process again. Um, so. If someone were to graduate undergraduate and then their senior year of uh, um, apply to physical therapy school.
1: Oh bummer. Yeah, that is a bummer. We lost Megan. Um I'll see if she comes back, but in the meantime, Carol, well, <laughs> it looks like like while we're getting Megan back, um Kara, maybe you can. I
5: got disconnected. Oh, there yeah. we
1: go. She is back already. Okay, cool. Megan, why don't okay. you actually go off camera? Sorry right? about that. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Why okay. don't you try going off camera? It'll use less, you know, it, it might might make your voice stronger. So, um,
5: Okay. Is this right. better?
1: Yeah, I think it is better. Yeah, I mean, bummer. So,
5: yeah, so sorry. What okay. were you saying? Um, okay, where was I? Oh, uh, so I was able to kind of Um, bypass the application process. And my application um, during my senior year of high school got me into PT school. And I I had um, annual meetings during my freshman, sophomore, and junior years of college with um, the physical therapy department where I was going to be going to school. Um, But unlike some of my physical therapy classmates, I did not have to apply to several different schools, take additional testing, um, things like that. So it was actually um, beneficial in that respect. And that wasn't something I even considered going into the program. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Kara, I don't know if you want to be the one to answer this, but like, what if a student doesn't know they want physical therapy right Mm -hmm. off the bat? Maybe they initially think they want medical school or they just like Megan said had been thinking about athletic training and mm-hmm. so what are some other pathways to becoming a physical therapist if you don't know from the outset
3: Yeah I mean I think more students don't know you know mm-hmm. overall and so <clears throat> following kind of a pre-health path and just I I mean I'm just always encouraging as much hands-on exposure and talking to people in the field and certainly if they're injured you know quizzing people, I always say to students, you know, ask a ton of questions in high school, preferably, you know, starting senior year of high school, but for sure throughout college as you're figuring, you know, um, and taking a pre-health path is a little bit safer to give you many different options. But as Megan's point is super helpful, it's a tough route, you know, academically. So that can also sometimes guide students to what would be more appropriate you know, for them, Um, but taking the internship experiences and any sort of, you know, career shadowing that's offered, you know, at campuses is what I would recommend hands down.
1: I mean, it's interesting. I know a lot of pre-med students, they take organic chemistry and they're like, nope, I'm not pre-med anymore. So that might be a sign Mm -hmm. if you are committed though, to staying into, you know, the healthcare field that to look into some of these other things. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
5: um, Yes. And one thing to add, I would definitely recommend trying to befriend people in the class above you that are going down a path that you think you might be interested in because they are people that can answer very specific direct questions regarding either coursework or um, the path to applying to a certain program or their um, decision-making process on why they went one route versus the other. So I found of the upperclassmen in both schools were very helpful and they're still what i utilize resources today Mm
3: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. megan that's such good advice i mean use all the resources available to you which is not just career advising you know um like yeah Mm -hmm. use the older students as well talk to Mm -hmm. all the students in your sort of general program because they might know a lot more i think that's good advice for any program totally yeah yeah
3: i often say to students you know Best piece of advice I'm ever going to give them is don't be afraid to ask a question because the worst answer they're going to get is no. And so oftentimes it just connects the dots, you know, in so many ways. Megan, I will say, is a good example of someone um, similar to students who like an accelerated medical program, like a BSMD is often what we refer to, is um, she really likes a clear path to know what's going to be, you know, the journey ahead. And so that The three plus three program was really nice for her because it was really like, you know, what's coming along, you know, the pike ahead of you. And I think um, just characteristically, you know, that type Mm -hmm. of personality, I've heard that regularly from accelerated med program students also is that they really enjoy knowing what the next steps are hmm that's not my personality her aunt. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no I, all, so. I wanted to be
1: able to explore and look yes. around you know yes. but mm-hmm. you know hey that's I found major the path right major. for me yeah, yeah. exactly so mm-hmm. yeah so Megan any pitfalls anything that you wish that you had known um you that you to look out for ahead of time. I mean, it sounds like you're in a just a wonderful field um, for you. And, and but, like, is there anything you wished you knew ahead of time, or something that you wish you had sort of planned for a little better, or that someone had told you about? This
5: is yeah, this is just one specific um, thing for my experience with um, scholarship for graduate school since I accepted as a senior in high school. I wasn't really eligible for Mm. the merit or like financial scholarships going into graduate school. Um, I think because I wasn't as competitive since I was already a a shoe in to be going there and I had already kind of signed the paperwork and all that. So, um, figuring maybe figuring something out, um, at that time, I wish I, I would have maybe tried a little harder to Mm -hmm. dive into those things. Um, yeah, and as there are so many benefits to fast-tracking things. Um, I didn't take the time to do things like study abroad and things like that. So I think there's also tons of value um, with spending that extra year exploring different avenues. So those are kind of the two things that I would have potentially done differently. But other than that, I was very fortunate to kind of follow my path and things fell into place the way that I had hoped and i happy where I am now. So mm-hmm. it worked out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like it, by the way, if anybody heard some background noise while I was talking and it was my dog who was asleep and then decided Gosh. to chase rabbits <laughs> in her dream. So that was the strange noise that you might've been hearing. So, mm-hmm. um, Kara, do you have sort of any final thoughts about like, you know, what, what made you pick Megan out as the person, Mm. like, like, what made you suggest to her physical therapy Mm -hmm. might be a good one for you to look at?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd been attending her dance recitals, you know, forever. And so, and, and then I'd seen her progress as a student, specifically in sciences. I think it was when she took, uh, chemistry, 10th or 11th grade that I was like, huh, that's so interesting because no one in our either side of our family is in science or medicine. Um, So it, you know, it definitely got me thinking about what would allow you, you know, being a dance teacher owning your own studio is so difficult to Mm -hmm. be sustainable and doesn't obviously tap into the science thing. So we were chatting about different things. But ironically, at the time, my Physical therapist where I was living um, in Brooklyn was a former dancer, and she used to. And I think Megan, if I remember, you went and shadowed her for a day. I and I'm remember. sorry,
1: Kara, I have to. Wrap. I mean, do you have just like ten seconds? No. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: But anyway, she was a dancer and a physical therapist, and so it just made so much sense.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry about that. I should have no warned you. We were short on time. <laughs> All right. Listen, Megan and Kara, thank you so much. I think this has been really helpful. We had another physical therapist on like a few years ago, and I feel like, you know, hearing the different perspectives of how people find the program is really, really great. So, all right. So for next week's show, um, we'll be discussing more career pathways. Are you thinking about teaching as a profession? How about architecture? Um, We'll also we'll be going over some finance tips for teens. And as always, we're here every week, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific um, on Thursdays.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and the team of experts at Bright Horizons College Coach.